served with hoorah. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby Dunn. Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money Mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week I am joined by our new semi-co-host Mal Blum to react and respond to your messages and emails. Let's get into it. Hello, Mal. Hello. Good morning, afternoon, evening. The people wanted you and you're back. That's right. That's right. Democracy at work. I am here for you. And you're getting addressed in the emails now. Thank God, because honestly, I'm like Tinkerbell. And if I don't get enough attention, I will die. (laughs) Okay, on today's show, I'm going to read a bunch of reactions to our pet insurance and animal cost stories episode with emails about family and cats, dental cleaning woes, feline aids, pre-existing conditions, pets and breakups, surgeries, aging out of pet insurance, and a long story and voicemail about a rabbit. In the second half of the show, I'm going to read your emails and Discord comments replying to our pets and animals episode. Also, we have some new patrons. Okay, are you ready to dive in, Mal? Oh no, I didn't know this was going to be about pets. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about pets, this one. Yeah. What a timely topic for old Mal. Yeah, well, well, we can get into that in your responses to the emails if you're interested in sharing. The quick context is just that uh, the cat that we semi-adopted is lost right now. So we'll get into it. <sighs> he got spooked and, uh, and he'll be back when he wants food is what I think. Okay. So I believe in you. Um, Okay, so this is a Discord comment. I don't read the Discord comment usernames because I want to keep things private for the people on the Discord. But this person wrote, I feel like I should have written in now because everyone was complaining about dental cleaning. I have a Banfield wellness plan. Banfield is the vet in PetSmart. It's about $50 a month, at least for cats, and covers all standard vet visits, tests, vaccines, and one dental cleaning a year. Pros. Set monthly cost for routine pet care. Branches all over the country so medical records transfer easily. Discounts on some meds. They do full blood work before giving your pet anesthesia, so it helped us find out about our cat's kidney issues super early and get him the right food before it could progress to being clinical. You can download your pet's medical records from the web portal if you need to provide proof of rabies vaccination or something. Cons. Can be hard to get a non-urgent appointment, like one to two months out. Sometimes they don't answer the phone. It's a chain, not a small business. Non-routine tests and treatment at additional cost. Once you make an account, it's hard to change your name on the account. It will look like old name slash new name. Their website could use some work. But my cats get a dental cleaning once a year with full blood work and 75% of the vets there are super nice. Wow, that sounds really convenient. Why do places make it hard to change your name on the account? It's so weird. (sighs) Because they want to remind you that um, you have no power in this society <laughs> and that nobody cares about your needs or wants, even when you're trying to do the right thing, like take care of an animal. You okay, bud? <laughs> this is how it's going to be today. <laughs> What's the opposite of Cali Mally? It's like sad Mally. Yeah, it's like depressed no, about no, a cat Mally. It's it's um. Uh, depressed Malcolm. It's serious. Serious, serious sad cat news. Um, <laughs> it's not Kelly Mally. It's, it's uh, um, depressed Malcolm. 
<laughs> anyway, Callie um, Mally is so fun. And if you guys don't know, Callie Mally is Mal's personality when they're having a good time in the sunshine of California. And depressed Malcolm <laughs> is a new character we're meeting right now. Yeah, I'm still workshopping it. Um, okay. okay, so I think it's great. I did not know about this. Um, depending on how easily you can get an urgent appointment, I think that's a really good uh, option because dental cleanings are so expensive. So expensive. I can't believe you get one a year. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, thank you for sharing that, um, anonymous person. What's it called? Banfield Wellness Plan, which is PetSmart. Yeah. I know Petco has one because I saw it the other day. Um, oh. It's called like Thrive or something. And I was like, but th- I'm immediately suspicious. I'm like, hmm, I don't trust you. Because it's a chain? I don't know. Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The yeah. people on TikTok with the beta fishes are always saying Petco is bad or PetSmart. I don't know which one. <laughs> okay. If you have a beta fish and you have opinions on PetSmart or Petco, please write in. <laughs> Oh, a lot of people do. You're about to get a lot of emails. <laughs> I can't wait for the beta fish community to please pop up on this show. God, we've been waiting. Where have you been, beta fish community? They've been saving beta fish. Beta. They call them betas. Beta oh. fishes. They've been saving them and posting it on TikTok. Some of these fishes' aquariums are like nicer than our house. That makes sense. Um, okay, here's a long email from Clay. Howdy, Gabby. Clay here. Any pronouns? I'm listening to the pet episode, and oh me, oh my, is it reminding me of the never-ending process of caring for my cat and how expensive it is. Let me keep this kind of short, but I really want to expand on how family can be a huge obstacle to pet needs and care, and also touch up on being scared of vet scams. My family got my cat Daphne for me when I was five. She was a kitten. Now I'm 24 and she's 19. We're essentially siblings, and we've both finally escaped the neglectful, abusive households we were raised in. At the start of the pandemic, Daphne was having some bladder spotting issues, leaving small wet spots on the carpet. Turns out she has urinary issues and her kidneys are worsening with age, which was expected and also manageable and treatable. But she has also needed over one third of her teeth extracted due to dental disease, and some of her teeth were even broken without my knowledge. Let me just be clear that I didn't get to choose how my cat was cared for most of my life. There were years my father forced my two cats and my dog to live outside after over a decade of being raised as primarily inside animals, and it led to the death of my cat Simba at 17 years old in the cold outside alone just one day before I was going to live with my mother where he could have lived inside again. Oh, Simba. Your cats live a long time, though. You should be proud of that. Back to Daphne. After the extremely expensive dental extraction surgery that I could not have paid for if I wasn't furloughed from my job at the start of the pandemic and making more on unemployment than I ever have in actual wages, she developed allergies. To what? I still don't know. Basically, anything she decides to put in her mouth and eat, I guess? She is on not one, but two hydrolyzed prescription diets that could only be purchased in bulk, the dry food being minimum $35 and the wet food being a minimum $80. It took so many repeated appointments to try to figure out a solution, and she would have allergy flares when she'd overgroom and scratch and have wounds on her neck and ears and lose hair on parts of her body. But by the time I could bring her in, they'd say she seems fine or it's going away. And sometimes they'd give her a steroid shot until it happens again or maybe dies down until she eats another random bug or crumb oh my god this sounds like beans our dog is has a very gentle stomach 
This was oh just so stressful on my mental health for so long. And to top it off, I was living with my mother again at the time. And she tried to say I should just let Daphne go and that I was making her suffer by trying to get her treatment. My mother, I guess, thought she was ready to die. Yet the vet said she was 18 going on eight, despite her health issues. I'm glad I didn't listen to my mother because two years later, living on my own, Daphne is healthier and happier. But apparently she needs more dental surgery. I don't want to assume my vet is scamming me because she seems really knowledgeable and helpful. And I could tell I was paying a lot less than many people have despite having no pet insurance. Plus, they would give me extra exceptional client discounts, I guess, for coming frequently and spending so much already. But I had been bringing my cat for checkups, assuming they were cleaning her teeth and monitoring the decay, as that was the OG issue discovered and needing to be treated when I brought her in, causing the urinary and kidney issues outside of old age. But my vet's words were that she's really worried about the tooth rot and we need to do something about it soon and that it should have been prevented from teeth cleanings, which is what I thought the vet was doing. We've even had conversations about how it is not possible for me to brush my cat's teeth daily because she won't let me touch her when she doesn't want to be touched. And the vet agrees on that from experience. But as far as I know, there's no record of them doing the suggested professional cleanings on her teeth every six months that my vet previously mentioned. And why did she not mention us doing the tooth extraction surgery again until now? She told me when we first did the surgery, she would probably need more teeth extracted at some point but she wanted to wait and then she never mentioned it again even after multiple checkups I know my vet is probably overwhelmed with work but this is my cat's life at stake and these issues went unnoticed despite being the reason I brought her in originally two years ago all this in summary to say that it is so hard to take care of your pets when your family and vets and all the people who are supposed to help you and take care of your pets simply don't sometimes. It really feels like I'm fighting for my sibling or child to get the medical resources they need to be comfortable and live. One final thing I wanted to add, and I'd really love for you to spread the word about this, even if you don't read the rest of the email. I have never paid any pet rent or pet deposits for Daphne, and I have lived in four different apartment complexes. I had my therapist write a letter endorsing Daphne as an emotional support animal. I tell the apartment complex when I'm touring that I have a 19-year-old cat and she's an emotional support animal. I have never even had to use the letter except for one of the four complexes and that was that. No huge pet deposit fee, no monthly pet rent, and no having to hide the fact that I have a cat. I highly suggest more people do this to avoid paying these ridiculous costs. My cat did not receive any special training. I did not pay for any special certification. My options were to leave my cat I literally grew up with to die with my neglectful and abusive family or to take her with me and I shouldn't have to be charged $500 plus $50 a month for that when I'm already paying a security deposit to cover damages and most places require you to get a professional carpet cleaning service prior to moving out even if you don't have a pet. Thanks for your time, Gabby. You're doing so much for your listeners and we really appreciate it. I'm also excited to hear Mal on the podcast more as well. Sorry if this wasn't as short as I thought, but thanks for letting so many of us share with you. You are truly educating and empowering the queer community through your own education and empowerment as well and it's inspiring as fuck. Stay safe. And then there's a follow-up. Wait, there's a follow-up. Wait, can I just say something real quick? Yeah. I was <clears throat> making comments not around the emotional support animal part. Not because there's anything wrong with having an emotional support animal, but because I assume that this person is not looking for a house in New York or LA where there is a high market for, <laughs> for people looking to rent the apartment that you're looking at. Cause I feel like when they were like, Oh, you're going to need to pay pet rent for beans. If we had been like, well, he's an emotional support animal and we don't want to do that. They would be like, great. We're not going with you. Bye. Which is probably not legal, but definitely would happen. Yeah. I love – can I just say I love when people write in and they're like, this is going to be short and then it's long. And I also love when people share so much. It makes me so happy. Um, yeah, I feel like I got a big picture. I feel like I know what their family's like. 
I know everything. Wait, there's a follow-up. Okay. Follow-up. Right after I sent this, I hit play again, and you said, why does everybody apologize for long emails like I don't need content for this show? Okay, here you go, Gabby. (laughs) A conspiracy corner addition to my email. Dental care is the absolute most important care for pets. My vet and the research I've done online says that the lack of routine dental cleaning and dental care we give to our pets, notably dogs and cats, but I'm sure others as well, is the direct cause of many other long-term conditions and diseases. It leads to all sorts of infections in various organs in the body that continue to spread until the animal dies. This can only be prevented with dental cleanings and extractions and treating the infections can work like it did with my cat. But obviously some of the damage has already been done to the body as well. If dental care is such a huge factor in the longevity of our pet's lives, why is it not covered under health insurance? While many humans don't have dental coverage either, like me, just medical insurance that doesn't cover dental situations. It's all part of a great scam to keep us bringing our pets and ourselves in for treatment. I don't think vets are the main ones in on this scam, of course, and good ones should be cleaning teeth and telling owners about the importance of it. But from what I've gathered, if dental treatments were covered, pets would live much longer with fewer health problems. For now, one's best bet is to pay for cleanings if they can and brush their pet's teeth if they'll let them. And I really don't think enough people are told about this. Clay. Wow. Clay, God bless you. And God bless Daphne. Um, and thank you for this email. It touched on a lot of stuff. And I appreciate the the push to make sure that your pet's teeth are clean. Um, and the ways in which not doing that can lead to big financial burdens in the future. And also the way that you were talking about wanting to keep your cat with you no matter the financial burden. Um, also, $80 for wet food is wild. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's funny when the vet came yesterday to examine Pinky. Pinky's the uh, cat. Pinky is – okay. So Pinky was our next-door neighbor who died's cat. And uh, he's semi-feral, the vet says, meaning like he acts like a feral cat. Um um, except like after like two weeks of feeding him, I got him to like trust me and be my friend. Um, but he's lived like mostly outdoors his whole life. So I've been trying to like acclimate him. And so I had this vet come and, and give him all his shots and everything. And the vet had to sedate him. And now he's run off and he's mad at me um, and hasn't come back for dinner. And I am distraught. Anyway, the vet looked at his mouth and was like, oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, but... It's funny because with beans, when we've taken beans to the vet and they've been, and they're like, they're dental issues, they're like, okay, we have to put him, I was going to say, put him to sleep, temporarily put him yeah, to put sleep. Yeah, put him under. Put him under and, and like do extractions and the dental like work yeah. and whatever. This vet, and maybe it's because Pinky is like semi feral and like whatever. Um, there's no way that you would be able to bring him to a vet to even have a vet. <laughs> Come in and look at him. He needed like multiple rounds of sedation and like may never come back now. But anyway, he looked at his mouth and he was like, oh, he like he's missing a bunch of teeth. Like he's got really bad, like, you know, mouth problems. And yeah. I was like, okay, like what, what should I do about it? And he was like, there's nothing really that you can oh. do. Like he was like, you can't, he was like, if you brought him to, you know, uh, a different vet, like inside, they would want you to bring him back and do dental extractions and all that like but there's not it's not possible for this cat basically um like i'll be honest with you and like he's lived his whole life this way and like this is just kind of what it is it's like it's good that the vet was honest with you rather than just trying to to do something that wouldn't work for pinky yeah yeah that's why when people are like like i've never really had a cat 
before. So when people are like, yeah, when, when this person was like, oh, my cat won't let me touch him. I'm like, yeah, big shocker. Like, do, any, <laughs> do cats let you in their mouth? Like, that's crazy. Like, I right can't in imagine if your that. cat lets you in your mouth, in their mouth. I think there are more domesticated cats that probably do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beans um, lets us brush his teeth. Beans does, but you've found a way to trick him, which is super cute. Um, I try to train him, yeah. Yeah, and he thinks it's a treat because he's a dumb boy he's and we simple love him. Boy. He's a simple, simple boy. boy. Yeah. Okay, this is an email from Jess, and it says Gabby and possibly Mal. I didn't write <laughs> in for the. <laughs> I didn't write in for the pet insurance episode because I've never had pet insurance. But I had a thought while listening to the episode when you were talking about whether vets take advantage of your emotions during difficult times. A year ago, my cat Knox died of feline AIDS. We knew he was getting sicker, but it all happened so fast. In the end. When we took him to be put to sleep, my husband and I were both inconsolable. In that moment, the vet asked us if we wanted to bury him ourselves, have his body cremated with a bunch of other animals, or if we wanted to have him cremated alone and put in a box for us to take home. He did not mention the price for any of these options. My husband decided he was too sad to take his body home, and without really thinking clearly or asking the price, we chose to have his ashes put in a box. A week later, when I went to pick them up, I found out this service is $300. I knew this option was the most expensive, and I don't regret the decision, but I was a little surprised. I'm in a place currently where I was able to pay the bill, but if it had been a few years earlier, I would have had an issue on my hands. I don't know if our vet was trying to be respectful by not mentioning the prices or if he was taking advantage of a vulnerable moment. Looking back, it really feels like he made this option sound the best and pointed us toward making it. You would just think that knowing your clients are not in their normal state of mind and may not think to ask, you would be as clear as possible about pricing. I don't know, just what came to mind during your pet episode. Love everything you do, Jess. It would be really evil if they were like intentionally like I could see <laughs> if they were it, like though. really I totally I could totally see that. <sighs> that would that would have to be like a sociopath. No. For someone to be like, you I are could, vulnerable and people I'm going do it. To upsell people could, they try to do like all kinds of crazy stuff to get money out of you. Even like people in the hospital, they do all these tests when you're scared. It, I I think yeah. I think that it is a marketing strategy. Oh, that's, I, you know, okay. Okay. Let's do, let's do debate club. You take the side of it's, um, a marketing strategy. Yeah. I'll take the side of, I think a lot of doctors and vets, um, there are a lot of bad doctors and vets. Sure. Uh huh. I think also there are a lot of doctors and vets who are socially awkward. Oh, this is your uh, theory that doctors are socially awkward. Not all of them, but I think, and <laughs> vets in particular, you know what I mean? Like they want to work with animals. The vet yesterday was like, I was like, did you get, how'd you get into veterinary and veterinary care? Yeah. Um, and, and he was like, you know, most people say like, I, I always knew I wanted to be a vet, but I didn't know that I wanted to be a vet. I just, I like science and I like animals and I don't want to work with people. And I was like, very honest. And I have, I have long suspected this of many (laughs) vets. So maybe it's a case of like the vet being kind of like, well, this is the thing we do now. Do you want to permit your cat or do you want to take the cat home? And like they didn't think to be like, this is the price, you know? Right in if you, if you think, if, if you agree with Mal that most doctors and vets are socially awkward because of the job they've chosen to go into. Uh, Not most doctors, (laughs) some doctors, most Uh vets, I think, but like in a good way. Yeah, my theory is because vets are have a specialty and because like if you're just a doctor who's like not a GP, if you've like chosen a specialty, that's like something that you really like wanted to hyper fixate on. And and that <laughs> since you love like if you're an osteo, if you're like a, a like a orthopedist, do you love bones? You know what I mean? Like I write in you if you're a cardiologist, bones? do you love bones? Like if you're a college you love cardiologist, bones so much you should marry him. <laughs> 
Like, if you're a cardiologist, do you love hearts? You know what I mean? Like, write in. What? Why? Why that specialty? Okay. Really anyway. Oh, wait. I just thought of something. What? <laughs> I love this format of the show where I just interrupt you all the time. I'm sorry. You it's regret okay. your decisions. Um, I remembered something. One time, I do think that vets maybe talk you into stuff without telling the price sometimes because they don't want you to put your animal down. Um, one time we, we had found this dog when I had roommates and we brought him, he got parvo and we brought him into the vet and the vet was like, we have to, put him on IV fluids now we have to overnight him we have to watch like he didn't oh mention God. any cost it ended up being like lot like I don't remember how a much, lot of money like $5,000 or something <gasps> yeah one of my roommates had to put it on a credit card but I remember being like he did not tell me how much mm-hmm. it was going to cost mm-hmm. because probably some people are going to would be like never like put the dog down yeah you know what I mean and I remember being like I wonder if that's intentional that he doesn't mention it and then he just bills you for it you know but I don't I know how that is. would work but maybe that's conspiracy yeah. corner baby um <laughs> okay this is an email titled pet insurance hi Gabby I'm writing in response to the pet insurance episode I have a dog who has a liver issue that was very costly to diagnose the pet insurance company did indeed request every single vet record back to when I got him before paying but they did mm. I started his insurance two weeks before I picked him up from the breeder as there is usually a two-week waiting period before it covers because he was covered right after his first vet visit nothing could be called pre-existing and they covered all his things jennifer good advice good advice i would not get a dog from a breeder but good advice is that why we don't have insurance for beans because he wouldn't be covered i mean that's a walking barking pet insurance nightmare that dog is a pre-existing condition <laughs> at in his soul oh barking that's so nice he, he barely barks <laughs> he barks sometimes He's a walking sort of Barking sometimes <laughs> Do you ever like When he barks at nothing Do you think there's a ghost in the house? I do Only the one time Right after Dita died Right? And he was barking at the door And at me And Creepy there was no one there. Yeah. But also kind of cute Oh my god My new show D- um, Dog Ghost Whisper. Okay This is an email about Pets and breakups Hi, Gabby. I just listened to the Pet Care Costs episode. I've been listening to Bad With Money since the beginning and regularly revisit older episodes. That's so nice. Thank you. One thing I thought I'd add is what happens when you get a pet with a partner and then break up. I adopted my dog, a perfect chihuahua mix, now 10 and a half years old, with my partner at the time in 2017. We saved ahead of time to cover initial costs and split all his expenses 50-50. Our relationship ended a couple years later and a major thing we had to figure out was what pet ownership looked like for us now. Ultimately, we decided I would have him most of the time and eventually my ex would take him on a regular basis for four or five days. We agreed to continue sharing big costs like annual exams, vaccines, or any surgeries and for me to cover the day-to-day costs since I had him more. We also wrote down everything we agreed to so we had a record of it for both of us. In case it wasn't clear, this was a very gay millennial breakup. Recently, my ex asked to reduce the visits and end their financial contributions, so I've taken on full financial responsibility. This includes three daily medications for his inflammatory bowel disease, which he will likely need for life. This is manageable for me now because I was already accustomed to covering the cost of his meds, considered a day-to-day cost. I made a savings account and dedicated a credit card just for vet and other dog expenses, and I luckily started a new job this year that pays much better than any of my previous jobs. But if I had been fully responsible right away, it would have been incredibly overwhelming to say the least. Basically, I think I just wanted to say having these kinds of conversations with your partner before getting a pet together is super important. While I think we were as fair to each other as we could be, it sucked to make those decisions while being really heartbroken. Everything from cost sharing to who makes medical decisions, shared custody, etc. needed to be figured out when we were already 
already in a difficult situation with emotions running real high. Lastly, I'm firmly team savings account over pet insurance. There's no way insurance would cover dental at this point. 14 teeth removed over $3,100 Canadian. And at least this way, I still have the money I saved even when a devastating day comes and I no longer have my perfect little babe. Thanks for all you put into this podcast. You are hot and smart and so is Allison, Sarah. Thank you for this This advice. is an Allison's podcast. I know, but this is a thing we say on my other podcast, JBU. We say, write in and say, just if you want to leave a five-star review, just write, Gabby is hot, Allison is smart. If you don't know what to say, we just want the five-star reviews. So this person <laughs> is referencing that. Um, That's very funny. Yes, uh, very important. Put everything in writing. Um, and I have noticed that oftentimes with breakups and then people say, we're going to split the cat, the cat or the mm-hmm. dog. One person ends up with it eventually. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. yeah. I do think, I do appreciate that they, this particular couple was so communicative about it. Like, uh, you know, good on this person and their ex partner for like figuring that out ahead of time. And also good on the ex partner for communicating when they felt that, that, that responsibility, uh, was no longer like, working for them or you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I feel I like agree. so many people yeah so many people would just ghost or um you know just be like I, I mean I guess it's harder when you have it written down but I feel like so many people are just like you know leave and leave the pet or take the pet or you know like, yeah I mean like, also like you can write stuff down but it's sort of like what are you gonna do take them to small claims court like you both have to have good intentions hmm. in your heart um Okay. Would you take someone to small claims court? For, I would absolutely for, for take someone to small claims court. I would, I would absolutely. But could you, I know, I know that you, but I mean, for a living animal, could you? Yes. Does that count as a. Definitely. Uh, you could take that to small claims. You could take that to Judge Joe Brown right now. And you should. Um, oh, Judge Judy would pick that up. <laughs> okay. No, I'm serious. I mean, the producers comb like small claims. <laughs> okay. I know they do. Okay. Sorry. We have, uh, we have some more to get through. So, Okay. <laughs> Hi, Gabby and Mal. Hi. Thanks for reading my email about the love of my life, my dog. And also thanks for the rest of the episode. I didn't realize she had aged out of eligibility for insurance, though I should have realized her pre-existing conditions would make it hard. My cats have also aged out, so I guess ADHD didn't screw me over this time. You asked me to write in regarding the tea because I mentioned my ex and the amount of money I was spending on the pets. When I heard you read that part, I did wince. Even though it was a bad situation for so many reasons, I felt a little bad for calling her out like that. I'm a little surprised I wrote it, even though it's true. She was paying for our other dog's care. She took her. The dog was hers before we lived together. To be fair, this dog was much cheaper, but neither of us anticipated the massive cost of Mary. The relationship was manipulative and unhealthy, including some financial stuff. If you ever do a listener episode on that, I'm sure you have, but I'm sure many more people have stories. I would be happy to share more on that, but maybe with less identifying details. I'm sure you've done (laughs) this too, but an episode on the cost of transitioning medically and socially might be cool as well. Knowing your audience, I feel like you'd get a lot of stories, including mine. Also, because everyone deserves to see her, I have attached a picture of Mary Jane. Best Ziggy. A lot of people with... um who wrote in sent pictures of their pet along with the email. And I, I wish I could, uh, maybe I'll share those on the Instagram if people are interested because uh, I shouldn't be the only one who gets to see these cute pets. 
Okay, we have two more emails and then uh, we're going to welcome our new patrons. So this is an email from Roz. Gabby, I apologize for not writing in in time for your pet insurance episode because I have opinions. Your podcast is amazing (laughs) and I've been listening on and off for years, but I especially love the direction your podcast has taken this season. Here is my pet cost and insurance odyssey. I brought Miles O'Brien Greyhound. Miles O'Brien! Star Trek reference. I brought Miles O'Brien Greyhound home in January of 2016. He was my first dog I had owned as an adult, though I had years of experience pet sitting and dog walking professionally. Long story short, something went terribly wrong during a pet sitting gig, and about a month after I adopted Miles, he got away from me and was spooked by some other dogs fighting. Before I could stop him, he took off. He ran halfway across town before he was struck by a car that shattered his femur. Luckily, he... I know. Luckily, he was picked up by a kind onlooker taken to a nearby vet who contacted me using the number on his tags. This pup and I had bonded unmistakably over the months since I had adopted him, and those couple hours where I didn't know what happened to him were some of the worst in my life. Miles would need surgery to repair his femur, and I made two mistakes. One, not choosing to amputate his leg and taking him to a vet who was not qualified to do this sort of care that Miles needed. Miles ended Mm. up having five surgeries, and I ended up 10K in debt. He rebroke his femur twice, had a partial amputation, and then ended up with a full amputation after contact contacting MRSA, a really nasty infection in his femur. His last two procedures were with a new vet who ended up saving his life. Ever since, Miles has been my happy tripod boy. Tripod (laughs) is spelled T-R-I-P-A-W-D. My hop-along buddy, my... Tripod. Pod. (laughs) My hop-along buddy, my ride or die. He is eight now and starting to have arthritis issues in his hind leg, and we're still figuring out the best way to manage that. I got pet insurance after Miles' accident, and it has saved me a few times. To be clear, this is the 90% coverage plan through Nationwide. It costs about $55 a month for each aging Greyhound, with a $250 deductible. I had pet insurance with a smaller company, Healthy Paws, initially, but it did not work well. I actually got a $430 check from my state after Healthy Paws was suit or something. Nationwide saved my butt when my second greyhound died suddenly of cancer two months after I adopted her. I paid about $600 of her $3,000 vet bill. That $600 stung, but it was nowhere close to paying $3,000 for a dead dog. I was able to recover financially quickly enough to adopt another friend for Miles. I still have the two of them today. They bring me so much joy, and with pet insurance, I know that if one of them has health issues, the cost will be 90% covered. I can say yes in the moment and don't have to worry about making financial decisions while I'm at the vet hospital. I've also had a corn snake, rats, and now an axolotl and a kitty. What the hell is an axolotl? Can you look that up, Mal? A-X-O-L-O-T-L? I think it's like a little, um, I mean, imagining like a little, um, like lemur s- sloth looking thing. Oh, I was wrong. It's an amphibian. It's a, like a lizard? <laughs> uh, no, not like a lizard. Like a frog? <laughs> Unlike anything I've ever seen Okay, before. I'll look it up. Why, give me like three words to describe it. I would say like floaty. Uh-huh. Um, regal uh-huh. and just fun. Okay, I'm going to And also up after strange. This. Strange. And okay. also strange. Do they live in a tank? I think they do live in a tank. Perhaps a terrarium. Oh, they're related to salamanders. Okay. Oh no, I just remember. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to What? Something bad about a salamander? <sighs> I just have so much pet trauma that I've forgotten and I just remembered something about a salamander that is disturbing. Anyway, go on. We can't Don't even get into. Honestly, we should. The next mailbag is the one where we'll, maybe we'll talk about your duck, but probably not. Mal has a lot of the pet duck, trauma. the cat, the salamanders. I, I mean, it's never gone well. It's never gone well. <laughs> okay. 
So anyway, Roz writes, I would not recommend pet insurance for a pet you're not willing to go to bat for. I loved my rats and snake, and most of them had vet visits a handful of times, but I would never spend thousands of dollars on them. Sorry, question mark. My dogs and cat, however, I would spend my life savings on and more. And I have. For my ADHD, bad with money brain, pet insurance is absolutely better than a savings account. Wow, we got two sides to this. It is an obligatory cost that is deducted automatically, whereas I often spend my income rather than putting it into savings. And it covered me when I had a new dog and would not have had time to put 3K into savings. Plus, my cat's insurance is only about $30 a month. I would encourage folks to do research and read the plans so you know what you're getting into. But if you're thinking about pet insurance, stop thinking about it. Get it now. Seriously, you never know what could happen. I will also say I resent your skepticism about veterinarians and those costs. My older sister is a veterinarian and talks to me about how emotionally difficult the work is. Your average vets are not getting rich and they have a very high suicide rate as a profession. Be kind to your vet. I believe that. Say no to certain tests and procedures if you don't feel they are correct. But remember that your vet and their team who are paid even less care about your pets. I also don't relate to your assertion that vet costs are more expensive than human medical bills. If this is the case, it's probably because you can Hmm. often argue down human medical bills, but vets don't have room to absorb those kind of costs. Without insurance, an annual checkup for a person could cost $250 or more, plus lab fees and other costs that come up. By comparison, walking into a vet clinic only has a base focus of roughly $50. These are Seattle prices. Veterinarians have overhead and people to pay too, and they aren't getting payouts from big medical insurance companies, unlike hospitals for people. Thanks for hearing out my soapbox, and thank you for the work you do and the content you create. I love your perspective. Really. Best. Roz. And then a picture of the pet, which I'm very excited to maybe post on Instagram. Those are fair points, Roz. I like when I get disagreed with. Um, you do? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I would love to implement that in our household. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So did you put a picture of the ax, ax whatever in here? Axolotl. Yeah, I, I sent it. I sent you the link. Okay. Actually, and the more I look at it, the more it kind of reminds me of you in the morning. <gasps> He's so cute. <laughs> he kind of looks like you when oh my God. he looks like you when you first wake up before you put your glasses on when you're just like, you know, I feel like I, I feel deeply spiritual. Wait, could we get one of these? Is this um, bad? Is this one of those things where like it's like when I wanted a sugar glider when I was a kid and it was like an illegal exotic animal? I don't think so because I don't think that they would write in and be like, I have this if it was illegal. Right. No, I don't. You know. don't know my fans. Okay, so we're going to close out with a voicemail about a rabbit and then uh, two follow-up emails about the rabbit because the person had thoughts about their own voicemail. So let's play it and then we'll chat. Hey, Gabby. At first, I was kind of bummed that I missed the cutoff for being included in the pet insurance episode, but now I'm kind of glad because as it turns out this week, vet expenses are very fresh on my mind because I spent the better part of the last week Caring for my rabbit who's been sick and I actually even had to bring her into the emergency room. Um, And so I have some tips for your listeners. The first thing that really stood out to me when I was listening to the pet insurance episode is that a lot of people were really caught off guard, not just by the expenses, but by the medical issues themselves. And so I would just really recommend that everyone does some research and gets to know what the common problems are for your pet's species. Like in the case of rabbits, they are very prone to these gastrointestinal issues because they have very, very sensitive guts. Um, But whatever the issue may be for your type of pet or that pet stage in life, doing some of that preliminary work that will help you recognize the signs early 
will be huge. I mean, it's just like with humans. You catch it early, it's easier to treat, the less expensive it's going to be. That is probably the most important thing. But of course, things happen. Sometimes you are going to have to take your pet to the vet. And a lot of the time, the vet is going to want to do a whole array of tests. You know, the more information the vet has, the more they will be able to do. And so they they like having a lot of information. But the results of the test aren't necessarily going to be actionable for you, depending on your situation, your pet situation. Maybe the action would be to have a surgery that just has a very low survival rate, or maybe the course of treatment is just prohibitively expensive if you don't have pet insurance, or maybe even if you do have pet insurance, who knows? All these sorts of things are really good to ask in advance. And kind of related to that, when I took my rabbit to the ER, they wanted to keep her overnight. You know, they're always going to suggest you doing the most tests, the safest option, which would, you know, the safest option is leaving your pet in the care of professionals. However, in some cases, like in my case, wasn't really that necessary. What they were gonna do for her in the hospital, it was all things that I can really do at home uh, and was willing to do at home. And that saved me between $2,500 and $3,000. That's what the cost would have been to admit her for one night. Whoa. Plus, you know, your pet is always gonna be more comfortable at home and just the stress of staying in the hospital for some prolonged period of time isn't great for your pet's health either. So if you can avoid it, that's a good thing to do. Of course, as long as you're comfortable with the level of risk that that involves. So those are my tips and I hope that they're helpful to some people out there. Well, thank you so much. Then this person wrote in a response. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is what they said. They said, hey, Gabby, thanks so much for this episode on pet costs and insurance. This has been a huge issue in my financial life and I have tips. I focus on minimizing costs by shoring up your own knowledge instead of getting insurance because I'm still convinced it's a scam. Recorded a voice memo for you and your listeners. Hope it's helpful. Heart, Andrea. P.S. I forgot to explicitly mention that my rabbit, Diamond, is doing much better now. Phew. All rabbit guardians need to know the signs of GI stasis and how to respond to them. It could save your bun's life. Then after they sent the email, they said, hi again. In the time since I sent this voicemail, I've become very worried I sound patronizing or worse accusatory. You don't at all. Let me just say you do not at all. You sounded incredibly reasonable. You you uh, truly gave good advice. Uh... I think it's not accusatory to say that you need to be up on the things that could affect your pet. I thought it was a great voicemail. Um, They went on to say, I do want to say I've messed up all the things I talked about with pets in the past and spent a lot of money I could have avoided. I've poured thousands of dollars that I really didn't have into vet expenses. I lost my rabbit diamond sister, Sapphire, a few years ago because I didn't act fast enough. My ex's family also lost a relatively young and beloved cat because they didn't notice his urinary issues until their treatment options were expensive and bleak. Animals are so good at hiding their illnesses because in the wild showing weakness can get them into even bigger trouble i wasn't trying to say that anyone was neglecting their pets in any way this stuff can be so easy to miss anyway here's my love big d in her 11 pound glory i'm so relieved she's back to her goofy self and then there's a picture of a huge rabbit andrea you you did nothing wrong this is a very very good email very very good voicemail and this is stuff that people should know about so thank you and I think this was incredibly helpful so now to close out two episodes coming up that I need you guys to write in for 
One is childcare, pregnancy costs, IVF, abortion, and surrogacy. I want stories of your experiences of those things. Um, we are going to do a whole episode about that. There's also going to be a new listener write-in episode where now we are accepting stories of medical testing and selling your body to science. Um, this is inspired by people who have written into us about selling plasma. If you have a story similar to that or you've done medical testing or trials or you have experience with someone selling their body to science, please write in and tell us your story. We're going to do a whole episode about that as well. Um, I want to welcome our new patrons. Uh, just before we go, there are are four new patrons today. So let's welcome Kelly, Stevie, JP, and Lane. Thank you so much for your patronage. You can follow me at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. You can also get my book, Stimulus Rec, is out now. It's try.scribd.com slash done60. You can get it for free for 60 days. That's a follow-up to the Bad With Money book. If you want to read the Bad With Money book, go do that. That came out in 2019. I'm really, really proud of it. I would love to hear from you about everything I said, but also anything you want to tell me, be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Please leave a five-star Apple review and I will read it on this show. There hasn't been a new one in a while, so please hit me with some new ones. I really, really need them. It helps the show so much. Mal, do you have anything you want to say to close us out? Pet insurance. Is it a scam? Is it not a scam? I guess we'll never know. Is that a haiku? <laughs> no, it's not. I could write a haiku for the next time if you'd like. I am a poet. Where can people find you, Mal? I am Mal Blum on all social media, M-A-L-B-L-U-M. This week, I'm highlighting my TikTok. I don't put a lot of thought into the content I put on there, and that's what makes it so special. <laughs> Amazing. We'll be back next week, uh, and Mal will be joining us for a mailbag on next Friday, too. Okay, love you guys. Bye! Done.